Welcome this morning to Trinity Church. You know, it's a, a real privilege for me to be here with you. I love this topic that we get to dig into together. And I love just being in a little different role this morning as the topic really has to do with living a life of worship. And uh, so it really applies to what my heart is passionate about and what the Lord has really given me a burden to share and teach this morning. So uh, we're part of this series called Real Mature, and uh, it's just looking at how do we grow as followers of Jesus. And uh, last week was a message on the role of God in our growth, specifically God the Holy Spirit, and how we grow is His work in us. And this week, we get to actually look at what is our role, what is it that I need to do to grow as a follower of Jesus. And I'm excited to look at that together. I love it that um, our series, the, uh, the graphic for our series is a tree. Now, I don't love it that it's a dead tree. Um, but it goes to show us, this, by the way, is a dead tree from the courtyard, okay? And I've counted up these rings, and it appears to be 22 years old. Who was here when this tree probably was born and planted out there. Okay, some of you remember when we planted these trees. It's a sycamore. But if you look at these rings, you're going to see uh, years where there's a lot of growth, like a lot, and then you're going to see these years of just a little growth. But there's continuous growth. And it's not because of the effort of the tree. You see, the tree grows because God brings that sun up as the world spins. Every day, the sun is there giving it what it needs to grow. And its roots are deeply rooted in the soil where it gets nutrients and it gets the water that it needs to grow. And so this tree grows. The problem is that we're supposed to grow the same way, but this tree doesn't have a will, and we do. And so we're going to talk about how does our will become conformed to God's will so that we can grow the way he's intended us to grow. And uh, I admit something here. I am a tree lover. I love trees, probably in part because I grew up in the Amazon jungles of Brazil, or in the, the you know, that's like tree central. And I played in those trees. I climbed those trees. And uh, then we moved here when I was 10, and I was kind of bummed. Honestly, I was really bummed. But I came to discover that California has the most amazing trees in the world. If you've gone up to the Sequoias, or you've gone over to the coast, and you've driven the coast highway, you've seen these trees that honestly just, they blow your mind. They blow your mind. You can see a cross-section, you guys, where it marks the history of the tree, and Jesus' birth is on there. That's a stunning thing, to think that tree was growing when Jesus walked the earth. That's longevity, and uh, it's an amazing thing. Um, but you know, the trees that are the most amazing to me and the most meaningful are right up in our mountains. You're not going to see them from the highway, though, so I'm going to take you on a hike, okay? I like to backpack, and so we're going to go up the Vivian Creek Trail. It's right out of Forest Falls. And uh, I, I did this this summer with my two boys. Uh, ben is on the left, Brandon's on the right, and I kept telling him, it's only a mile long, you guys can do this. <laughs> I actually got them to smile, kind of there, right? 
And uh, so, but here's the thing, you, you climb this very difficult trail and you pop into the Vivian Creek Valley and look what, you, what, look what meets you. Is that stunning? I remember seeing these trees when I was a kid. I was in seventh grade the first time I did that trail. They're still there. They'd been growing there for a hundred plus, who knows how many hundreds of years those trees have been growing there. They're a symbol of maturity, of perseverance, of grandeur and beauty and majesty. And that's what God intends for us as he grows us into his image. And so we're looking at that. If you walk up the, the Vivian Creek Valley a little bit further, you run into this tree. And if you're lucky, you run into these, uh, these uh, crazy boys out there, if you're, you're out there on that day. And uh, this is an incense cedar. Uh, stunning. It almost, it looks, I used to think it was a redwood, and then I did my studying and realized, no, we don't have redwoods in our mountains. But it looks like it's an incense cedar. And then you go a little bit further up the trail, and you encounter more of these massive ponderosas. And uh, again, just this stunning picture of um, just roots deeply rooted, right? And longevity and consistent growth through all circumstances. Every fire that went through there, right? All these years, consistent growth. So um, what we're looking at today, the, the Psalms say that a, a person who delights in the word of the Lord, in the scriptures, is like a tree planted beside streams of living water who yields its fruit in season. And it says, in all that person does, they prosper. They're blessed. That's what he says. They're blessed. This person is blessed. And you guys, this is what we're looking at today. When we look at our growth is things, what we're calling maturing rhythms. They're things that we do that, uh, that help us to grow. Just like being, knowing God's word, being in the word together is a rhythm. What you all are doing right here is a weekly rhythm that we gather as God's people, Trinity Church, to worship him, to devote ourselves to giving him praise and to uh, listening to his word as it's taught and to walking out of here, hopefully, in obedience to his word. Obedience is a rhythm that God gives us. Some of you were here yesterday, maybe doing the house build for the Mexico loft house. Serving is a rhythm that our Lord told us to do every day. Every day, he said, serve. That's why I came, and that's what you're to do, is to, to serve. Um, these are all rhythms. Now, if you've been a, a follower of Jesus for a long time, you're just like, I've heard of these, and they're called spiritual disciplines. Thank you very much. Why are you calling them maturing rhythms? You're confusing me. Well, we're talking about maturing, and we believe that these rhythms are what help us mature. Um, if, you are, uh, if you have been a, a follower of Jesus that long, there are so many of you that have been doing this longer than I have. I'm not standing up here as an expert, as I've got these spiritual rhythms down. I'm also a learner in this process, and I've really, it's shaped some of my view of, of what, where's my motivation, just studying these, the, the passage that I get to share with you today. Um, if you're a longtime follower, I hope that what this does is it expands 
your vision and, uh, of these, these rhythms and your delight in doing them. And if you're a new believer this morning, or maybe you're younger in the faith, I hope that what this does is it, it, you realize this is what sets me up for a life of meaning and perseverance and joy in following Jesus. This is what gives longevity, are these rhythms. And um, if you're new and, and you're just seeking the Lord, you're not so sure if you believe all of this, I hope that in this, what you hear is that our God wants a relationship with you because these rhythms are all about a relationship with God. That's what they're about. So um, our uh, definition that I came up with, I just, uh, in thinking about this, I just made this up, but maturing rhythms are intentional, repeated practices that open our hearts, we just sang about it, and our lives to the Holy Spirit's transforming work. Ultimately, these practices help us to know Jesus and to live lives that accomplish his purposes for us. Our now what statement is establish and continue maturing rhythms and you will experience the fullness of Jesus' joy in you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that uh, you not only pursue us with relationship, God, that when we put our faith in you, that it is through faith and it's by grace that we're saved. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to measure up. We don't have to look good. You lavish your love on us and you accept us and you bring us into a relationship with you. And Father, today what we're looking at is how can we nurture that relationship and grow. And so God, would you open our eyes to that where each one of us personally is in that journey. Help us to take the next step today. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna look at the what. What are we doing? What are we talking about? And then we're gonna look at why, because the why is what sustains us for the long haul. And then we're gonna look at the how. How are we supposed to do these rhythms? And then you're gonna get an opportunity to hear from a couple of Trinity people who are just gonna share from their own life, here are some rhythms that, that I do that really have helped me grow, okay? So first, we're looking at the what together. Jesus, we're gonna jump into, right into the middle of what's called the Upper Room Discourse. If you have a Bible, we're in John chapter 15. I encourage you open that up. The scripture will be on the screens. And um, this is like, this is like the manual for following Jesus, right? The upper room, right in the middle of the book of John, from John 13 through 17, is the manual for this is Jesus telling his disciples, hey, what I started, you guys are going to continue. And I'm handing the baton to you, and this is how you do it. And right in the middle of that, Jesus says, abide in me. He says, I'm the vine. You're the branches. If you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. You will be successful in this task that I'm giving you to complete for me on this earth. And so Jesus says the word abiding 10 times in 11 verses. Is that a rhythm? Abide in me, abide in me, abide in me, abide in me, abide in my love, abide in my love. He says it over and over again. And then he also says, 
you will bear fruit, bear fruit, bear much fruit. And so we're going to look at these two concepts together. The what, and this is what I'm trying to propose to you, and that I believe that any maturing rhythms that we do, any work that we try to do in our relationship with God is a means to abide in Christ. It is a way that we abide in him. Okay, and that's the key. The key isn't what we do. It's that we're abiding in him. And we're going we're gonna to look at that just briefly here. Um, so let's go to the scriptures. Jesus has set this up, saying all these things. And we're going to jump into this passage at verse 8. Okay, John 15, 8, take a look on the screens. By this, abiding in me, right? My Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy will be full. So we're just going to look at this together. And we're going to start by looking at what does it mean to abide? Because that's what Jesus is telling us to do. And uh, um, the word can be translated a lot of different ways. Abide can mean remain. It can mean rest. It can mean dwell or live. And those are some of the meanings that try to capture this concept. Two weeks ago, Todd opened our series and he referred to this passage and he said, abide, a good way to understand it is that abide means to be present with Jesus or to Jesus. Okay, think about it. If you're present to me, you're listening to me. You're, you're responsive, right? You're responding to me. That's what it means to, be, to abide is to, to actually listen and be responsive to God. And if you think of it that way, I think it just kind of makes this word make more sense. Are you being present to God? <clears throat> rhythms will help us to remain present to God. That's what rhythms help us do. John, who wrote this account of Jesus teaching his disciples to abide, he's, he's the only one that, that really captured all this teaching Jesus did um, the night before he was, the night he was arrested, right? Um, John also wrote three letters, first, second, third John, um, trying to just work out what it was that Jesus taught and how we ought to live, right? In his first letter, John, first John, he summarized, he mentioned the word abide 24 times, more than Jesus did. He was so taken with this. He understood this is the central thing that he hammered it home over and over of what it looks like for a Christ follower to abide. This is what he said the first time he mentions it. Take a look at it together. It's in chapter 2, verse 6 of 1 John. He says this, Whatever, whoever says he abides in him, in Jesus, ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. And 
we, if we are abiding in Jesus, then we're walking more and more like Jesus walked. It's not like that, but it should be this continual growth. We are learning to love the people that Jesus loved. Jesus' mission and purpose is becoming our mission and purpose. His character, we're becoming more like him as we're abiding. That's what it means to abide. It's a process of walking the same way Jesus walked. We become like Christ by remaining attentive to Jesus. And Jesus gave, gives us four ways that we should abide. Now, I'm going to call these rhythms that Jesus laid out right here in this passage. There are more rhythms that we could talk about today, but I just want to point out these four that Jesus gave us. And I'm going to be very quick. They're up on the screens. The first one is in uh, verse 7. Jesus says, my words abide in you. He says, abide in me and my words will abide in you. Then you'll bear much fruit. And so we have to know the word of God. And it's, it's captured for us in the scriptures. And so you could call that Bible study, Bible reading. What we do on Sunday morning is we open God's word and we let it direct our, us together as his people. But that's what I call knowing and listening. We're attentive to the word, right? We're listening to what God has to say. The second thing is asking. He says, ask whatever you wish. And he says, I'm going to do it for you. So that's prayer, right? We're, we're asking God to do things for us. And here's the context. Bear fruit, bear fruit, bear fruit. And what I found in my life is if I know I'm not loving somebody right, that if I pray, God, I need to learn to love this person. Please help me. God will always answer that prayer because you're praying for fruit. And that could be patience, it could be kindness, the fruit of the Spirit. We'll talk more about fruit in a little bit. This third thing that Jesus says in verse 10, he says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Whoa, there he gives a focus, just keep my commandments. Well, can you keep his commandments if you haven't listened and you don't know what they are? So it, it's kind of related. We don't like the word obeying, do we? It's just, ugh. Um, but at the same time, you know what Jesus said to his disciples? He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. This is a way we show Jesus that we love him as we keep his commandments. And uh, that just means we surrender our will to what he wills, right? It's an act of surrendering. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. And the fourth one is we love one another. He says, this is my commandment. Right after saying, keep my commandments, right? He says, and by the way, here it is. Here's the big one. Love one another as I have loved you. And so Jesus gives us, here's the main thing, you guys. Love one another. I want you to notice something about all four of these ways to abide. They're all relational, aren't they? The first one is we're listening and we're knowing who God is and what he has to say. The second one, we're praying, right? We're learning to ask for the things that he wants to put, produce in our lives. Third, we're obeying him. We're showing him we love him. And then the fourth one is relational with one another. 
right? We're loving one another. So all four of those are relational um, rhythms. So now we're going to move to the why. And this is our motivation to develop and maintain maturing rhythms. You have to begin with the right why. In fact, if we don't have the right why, we could establish rhythms that are not maturing, right? That in the, the end game, we've done these things and we do them well, and we aren't walking in the same steps that Jesus walked in, right? Something's not working, it's not changing, so there's something's off. Um, and so we have to have the right why, and this is what Jesus presents as the why. Look at verse 8. He says, by this, abiding in me, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So the Father is glorified, and so that's our why, to glorify the Father by becoming, by bearing more fruit. Our Father wants fruit. That's what glorifies him. That's why he is in us and he's working in us. And that's why we should be attentive to, attentive to him is so that what flows out of our lives is good fruit that glorifies him. So the word glorify is a worship word. I love it. It simply means to honor, to honor God. I want my life to honor and uh, we sang about that this morning, didn't we? So uh, do you know that this why that, that is our why was Jesus' why? Um, when Jesus is praying at John 17, this is the end of this, this, this um, uh, upper room teaching that Jesus gave. Right before he, went to, to, right before he was arrested, he, he prayed. And he prayed for his disciples and he prayed for us. But when he was opening his prayer... This is what he said. Take a look at John 17, 4. He said to the Father, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work you gave me to do. That was his purpose, was to glorify the Father with the fruit of obedience, right? I did the work you called me to do. And so we see this was Jesus' why. And uh, you're going to see more of the significance of that. I want to talk about what fruit, what is fruit? Um, simply said, there's a, it's a mentioned a lot in the New Testament, um, in the Old Testament, in our psalm, right? That the tree will bear its fruit in season. It's a concept of the very purpose I exist. That's what I'm, what's being accomplished out of my life. So I like to just say it's the stuff that comes out of my life. Um, sometimes uh, Paul talked about the fruit of the Spirit being love and joy and peace and patience, all these amazing qualities of Jesus. These are the qualities that he said are the fruit of the Spirit. And I can say honestly before you, those moments in my life when I haven't responded the right way, or um, I've just given in to something I shouldn't have given into, I realize that is not the fruit my life is producing. 
that is not what God dwells in me for. And that gives us an opportunity to, uh, to confess those things and to ask, right? He says, ask for fruit. And so those are the moments where I let that sinful behavior drive me back to abiding. And that abiding is asking, Lord, forgive me. I was not kind in the way I responded to my son. Please put your kindness in me because I, I want to offer that to him. It's an example. Take a look at, back at the picture of my boys. Next to this gigantic ponderosa pine. And um, then zoom in on Ben. <laughs> What's Ben holding? And the pine cone is the fruit of a pine tree. Ben was taken with that pine cone and carried it everywhere. Um, you guys, the father wants fruit. And this has been a little bit of a shift for me because when I was your age, high schoolers, my desire was to look like that tree. And it's not a bad desire, right? Because fruit is something people see. But I think there's a danger there in that if our motivation is to look good or to be good for God, then we're missing the point. We need to focus on bearing fruit on letting God transform our lives, and we will eventually look that way. Does that make sense? It's just a little bit of a, oh yeah, the motivation is fruit, and it, and it saves us from pride, because if I'm doing well, I start thinking it's me, and God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so fruit is what God wants. Here's the beautiful thing. Our work is not bear fruit, bear fruit, bear fruit, right? That's not what Jesus said. He said, abide, 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 and then you will bear fruit. And so the beauty is if we focus our hearts on being attentive to Jesus and to be responsive and listen, then we will bear fruit. That's the promise. We will bear fruit. Okay, um, here's the amazing, I love this. God, Jesus did not stop with the why for, for the Father. He had a why for us. Look at verse 11, and you're going to see this is Jesus' why for us. It says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Jesus wanted us to bear fruit and abide so that we could have the same joy he had. Remember his purpose? He said, I did what you asked me to do. You see, Jesus had intense and incredible joy in fulfilling his purpose for him. In fact, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 12 says, it's for the joy set before him that Christ endured the cross. That was his purpose. And he marched toward it with joy doesn't mean it was easy, right? He prayed in the garden, God, if there's any other way, please take this from me. Nevertheless, your will be done. He obeyed. So Jesus' purpose, his why, was to give God glory. And he wants us 
to, he wants us to ex, uh, experience the same joy he experienced. You guys, this is another subtle shift for me in understanding the motivation behind uh, spiritual rhythms, right? Maturing rhythms. And I'm going to talk specifically about quiet time, okay? Think about your quiet time. That's an interesting word. I think it comes from the fact that Jesus took time away from the crowds over and over. He would, it would say he went to pray on a mountain alone with the Father, okay? So I think it really is uh, followers trying to be like Jesus and walk the way he walked. But um, why do you do, why do you have a quiet time? What's your motivation? We're talking about the why right now. And here's the subtle shift that I want to recommend. It's not just for the sake of discipline or duty. Okay? If it's for the sake of discipline or duty, I've got to be disciplined. I need to wake up early. I need to be in the word. I need to spend more time praying. I'm not doing enough. I've heard all those messages. That's, this, that's me trying to do it. I'm not abiding, right, if I'm trying to do it. I would say this. You should engage maturing rhythms with a mindset of delight and discovery, not merely discipline or duty. Listen to that. Engage spiritual disciplines with this mindset of delight I want to know you. And so I'm going to read the word because I want to know who you are, God. I want to know what you have to say to me. I want to know how to live in a way that pleases you. That's discovery. And delight is, is just awe. I'm in awe of who you are. And um, I would add to this desperation because sometimes we just are not where we should be. And we we just know we are desperate for God. Let that drive you back to him. And so um, just some things. Um, when I was a young adult, I read a book by John Piper called Desiring God, and it, it really did a shift in the way that I approached everything, especially the way I approach worship, the way when I'm with God's people, um, it set me free to fully pursue the pleasure of God as a worshiper. And John Piper said that the per, uh, the God created us for joy and that our greatest joy would be him. So pursue him with all your heart. And that changed not only the way I worship, but it really did change the way I pray and the way that I read the scripture. Um, I'm pursuing knowing God. And I'm, and I'm delighting myself in him as I do. Um, so that's delight and discovery. Take a look at Psalm 1611. This psalm changed my life. Um, it really did because uh, it really set me on a path towards joy. And remember, this is what Jesus wants for us is joy, right? I want your, my joy to be in you and it to be full. Look what the psalmist said. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That is what Jesus wants for us, is pleasures, joy in his presence. And I encourage you, 
shift your mindset. If you're, if you're thinking more discipline, it takes discipline, please don't get me wrong, but shift your motivation to discovery and delight or desperation. So um, lastly, uh, I just want to finish with a review of last week, and that's the how. Um, last week, uh, Kurt was sharing on the role of the Holy Spirit, and folks, that is the how. We abide with the Holy Spirit together with the community of faith. And so we abide with the Holy Spirit because he is with us. And that was Jesus' promise in John 14, verse 16. He says, I will ask the Father, he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells in you and he will be, sorry, he dwells with you and he will be in you. And so we abide by surrendering. This is the, what Kurt taught us last week, which is an, a word of obedience, isn't it? We are attentive and we are surrendering to what God is wanting to do in our lives. We're not striving. And so I want to make sure if your rhythms feel like striving, I'm trying to work, I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to be better, I'm trying to transform myself, then maybe that needs to take a shift. Right from striving to, to bear fruit to strive to surrendering to abide. Let that fruit be a product that comes from being attentive to Jesus. The last thing is, um, this is huge. We do this together with the community of faith. You see, the word abide in, in this message from Jesus is given to his disciples, not his disciple, right? He's speaking to his followers, a group of people. He's saying, you all abide. So it's something we do together. And I've been a part of this Trinity family, and we're a, we're a part of the larger family of God that spans the globe. But I've been a part of this Trinity family for t over 24 years. And um, I have learned to abide, not by trying to do it on my own, but by having people that I'm doing it with. And um, I'm just gonna share, when I started as a worship pastor here, I was 31 years old, and I would practice on this stage with men and women who I knew, they knew the scriptures better than I did, they had a more fervent faith than I did, they prayed in a way that showed this relationship with God that I didn't have. And they had a passion to reach the lost that I didn't have. They had connection to the words we sang that I wasn't connecting with in the same way. And I felt inferior. I felt like, oh, I just, I don't measure up. And then the Lord in his grace showed me, no. They're just examples. They're inspiration. This is what you can become, and I don't expect you to be that right now. But you gotta start. And I just realized that's how I come to know God, is I just start and I make it, this is my, my life's passion. And when I'm older and I'm a little bit one of those bigger trees, 
hopefully there's more fruit and there's more of a, a maturity because I just decided to start. And so I want to encourage you, wherever you're at, this is a community thing. Start where you're at. Even if you're far from God, let him bring you into that relationship or bring you back into that attentiveness, right, where I'm, I'm present with God and I want to listen. Let him bring you back because his spirit is working in you and let the people of God help you do that. So we're gonna listen right now to two people share their rhythms that have made a difference in their life. I'm gonna invite Adam Raymond to come out and share with us now. Adam, please welcome him, would you? Mm. Thank you, Bill. My voice is really raggedy. I've been pretty sick, but God is good. I'm really excited to be here with you today. I can't believe Bill is giving the microphone to the bass player. What were you thinking? Risky. What were you thinking? Um, I'm really honored to be able to share a couple spiritual rhythms that I've picked up in Alcoholics Anonymous that have saved my life. I'm going to read what the Lord has laid on my heart because I have a tendency to go down a lot of unproductive rabbit trails. And uh, I want to respect your time. So are you with me? Mm -hmm. Let's go. Uh, the first spiritual rhythm that I practice is prayer. I wake up in the morning, I start a prayer conversation with Jesus. I start by thanking him for another day of sobriety. Many of you know my story that without Jesus, I'm a barbarian, addicted to drugs and booze and anything else I can get my hands on. Daily pot smoker, speed freak, alcoholic, I degrade myself. But with Jesus, a dead stoner becomes a living stone. That's a good line. <laughs> Wait for it. Wait for it. You'll get it on the way home. Um, with Jesus, a spiritual house, chosen, a royal priesthood, more than a conqueror, God's friend, a husband, father, brother, employer, shepherd, high school, small group leader, mm -hmm. worship musician. The list is better with him than without him, isn't Amen. it? <laughs> Clean and sober, 24 years by the grace yes. of God. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Every morning, I start this prayer conversation with Jesus that reorients me to my past, my present, and my future. I rehearse. I remember who I was that idiot that did all kinds of shameful things under the influence. Who I am today, I'm not that same idiot. I'm a better idiot. <laughs> and you know what? Here's the thing, I get really, really grateful. I think about my day, my appointments, where I need to be, who I need to see. I ask God to help me in every encounter to represent him, that people see him and not me, that I shine light wherever I go. But I get wonky in the course of a busy day, man. So the second spiritual rhythm that I practice is inventory. AA's literature says, and I find this very interesting, it's a spiritual axiom that anytime we are disturbed, no matter what the cause, there is something wrong with us, me. I'm the problem. And my feelings are a pretty good barometer that I am getting out of sorts when I'm rude, impatient, harsh, cussing, I stop, I pause, I ask why, what's going on? The sooner I can put my finger on the problem with me, the sooner I can get into the solution. 
And the solution is the community of people that I'm surrounded by and I am so grateful for you. I'm an isolator by nature. I approach life with a self-reliance that leaves Jesus out. I'm the smartest guy in any room I'm ever in, whether that's true or not. <laughs> I think I should not ever have to ask for help. I'm here to tell you I have sat in these chairs in this room dying and alone from the secrets that I carried. Some of you are there today in a room this size. I know that some of you walked in here with something eating you up. Don't leave with that same thing. There are people down front that want to pray with you after the service. I will be down front. I want to pray with you after the service. You're not going to shock her on me. I'm not going to judge you. I've heard it all. I've maybe done it. When this service is over, please come down here. So back to getting wonky. I inventory. And then I talk to somebody. I'm privileged to work with my wife. She's privileged to get a brunt of a lot of the weird stuff I think and feel. Or I shoot out a text. I get people praying for me. We are only as sick as our secrets. I try to be as transparent as possible because in my olden days, I wore a lot of masks. I'm very good at walking into a room, taking the pulse and temperature, slipping into the character I think you want to see. That killed me. I want my insides to match my outsides, mm -hmm. as long as the situation calls for it. Inventory drives me to be real, authentic, transparent, and vulnerable with the people that God has put in my life. So these are a couple of my spiritual rhythms, prayer and inventory, sandwiched by community, and I practice them every single day. If no one's told you today that they love you, I love you. And if you don't love me, you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Al. Just the fruit of their obedience. The Lord led them to say yes, to share, and, and really the benefit that comes to us, just the encouragement and the teaching. So I uh, just want to remind us all in this room today of our now what? Establish and continue maturing rhythms, and you will experience the fullness of Jesus' joy in you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you desire a relationship with us. Father, that we come to you through, by grace, through faith. Um, but God, that then we grow by being attentive, by being present, by listening, by obeying. And Father, thank you that you have given us your spirit to enable that work. So, Father, I pray for us as we do this together that we would glorify you more and more by the fruit that comes out of our lives as a result from abiding in you together. And it, we really do love you, and we want to abide in your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.